Hi, this is Doug Schaefer, and before we get into today's podcast, I wanted to say a quick word about something we're working on. As many of you know, my dad, John Schaefer, died on March 2nd at the age of 94. Here at the winery, we've seen a huge outpouring of support and kindness, hundreds of emails and messages talking about what dad meant to people. So I wanted you to know that we're working on a special podcast about dad, but it's going to take a while to put together. In the meantime, we recorded today's podcast before he died. It's a really good one. So I wanted to get it out there to you and move forward. A big thank you to everyone who's written and called. It has made our family and everyone at Schaefer feel so supported during a tough time. We really can't thank you enough. Hey everybody, thanks for checking out this new episode of The Taste. This is Doug Schaefer and today we are going to be talking Spotswood Estate. I finally got Beth Novak Milliken and Lindy Novak of Spotswood in here, and we're going to cover the whole story going all the way back. So let's get to it. Welcome back, everybody. Um, We have a special day today. This is the first time on The Taste that I've had not one guest, but two. And these two folks have been very patient, and we've been trying to get together. And the reason I haven't told you why it took so long is we had to get a, another microphone. So that's part of the delay. Um, special treat today, two siblings here, longtime personal friends, professional friends. Our families started their relationship many, many years ago, I think over 40 years, yeah. parents. Um, Beth and Lindy Novak, in charge of a truly great, historic, top-quality family vineyard and wine estate in St. Helena, Spotswood. Welcome, guys. Thank you very Thanks much. Thanks for having us here. Good to be here. Get you two in the same room. <laughs> it happens. Sisters. Sisters. <laughs> Occasionally, yes. So Spotswood, there's so many stories. There's the 1800s. There's before that, your folks' story, your stories. It's going to be kind of crazy today. We're jumping all over, but... You guys run with it as far as who talks when. You know, it's a sister sibling thing. I'll let you two figure that one out. I'll be, I'm not going to get involved in that. Get involved in that. Just to take into our sister's song. We could. We We could could indeed. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, But let's start in the beginning. Spotswood, when did they start growing grapes at the Spotswood Estate? So it was established, the Spotswood Estate, in 1882 by a German immigrant who was a hotel manager down in Monterey. And so when he came to, St. Helena to and established this property that is now called Spotswood. Um, he designed it uh, architecturally it, to mimic what was down there, obviously on a much smaller scale. The okay. Hotel Del Monte in Monterey is no longer there. It burned twice, and they ultimately moved out to Pebble Beach. That's why it's called the Del Monte Lodge in Pebble Beach. Oh, but, that's why. Yeah, okay. So because it was a Del Monte forest. But there was this beautiful ho- old hotel built around the same time as the Hotel Del Coronado. Right. It's one of those old yeah. Victorian hotels that people would spend a lot of time at when people used to have a lot of time to spend places, <laughs> unlike today. That's, that's true. Well, that's amazing. Now, yeah. now I know the answer because Spotswood is an amazingly gorgeous place and so unique in St. Helena. So yes. it's like, where'd that architecture come from? Okay. Yeah. So that's so he brought it up. He established the property in 1882. He did plant vines. We don't know what he planted, and he named the estate Esmeralda, which is the emerald in Spanish. And then he and his wife Catherine owned it until she passed away. A couple years later, he sold it in 1906 to a family who named it Stonehurst, and then in 08, it was sold 
to a family who named it Lindenhurst. And then ultimately in 1910, a woman named Mrs. Spots purchased it, and she named it Spotswood in her late husband's memory. Mrs. Spots. Mrs. Spots. That was what, what year was that? 19... Uh, 1910 is when she bought it. 1910, Mrs. Exactly. Spots. Exactly, Mrs. Spots. And she named it Spotswood. Who knows? Go figure. Yeah. I think she thought Spots was too plain and boring. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think there was an original governor of Virginia or one of the early governors of Virginia was a Spotswood, maybe with no E. So there was okay, some. She so pulled it from. That's 1910. Was she growing yeah. grapes? So we have to assume we've never been able to figure out what George Schoenewald planted. We have to assume that there were vines there when, okay. when she got there or when he, yeah, when Mrs. Spots got there. Um, but then what was Prohibition, 1919 and 1933. Right. So by the time we bought the property, my our parents, mm -hmm. our mom and dad bought the property in 1972, there were post-Prohibition vines in the ground. So okay. somewhere along the way, the vine, the original vines obviously sort of went by the wayside because when we got there, there was uh, Petit Syrah, Napa Gamay, French Colombard, and Green Hungarian, you know, just those post-Prohibition yeah. post vines that were in the ground. And so whatever had been planted originally, we don't know. Okay. Fair enough. All right, your folks. How they? How those two get together? Well, go ahead. Oh, Linda, take right? it away, Lindy. <laughs> yeah, well, this is fun. I might have to okay. kind of play out. Say, hey, okay. Lindy's on. So you now. tell me if I if I got most of the details right. Mom and Dad uh, were at Stanford together. Dad's first year in college was in Notre at Notre Dame back okay. in Indiana, and that's where he met Ray Duncan. And Ray Duncan actually ended up out here in part because Dad was looking at vineyards and, and Ray Duncan who is no longer with us but he starred Silver That's Oak right. with Justin Myers yeah. and the Duncan family owns it now wow I didn't know that one see I told you there'd be things yeah. I didn't but know but wait a minute they didn't meet there I do have to correct you okay so so my dad's our dad's parents knew Ray Duncan's parents for some reason and okay. so when dad went back because he was born and raised in North San Diego County so when he went back to Notre Dame in his first year Ray was a couple years older than than our dad was, and right. so they they sort of said, "Hey," they said to Ray, "Take care of this, you know, this man coming out from uh, this young man coming befriend out from California. Him. Befriend right. him, take care of him under your wing," which he did. But but Dad only lasted a year because the weather was so mm -hmm. awful that he yeah. didn't like it. And then he came back to Stanford, and Lindy can or came to Stanford, and Lindy can take it from yeah. There. So it's it's. Uh, but he grew up in California, Southern, Southern California, California. Yep. San Diego okay. County. Yep. Uh, so I believe, were they going up to Mammoth Lakes for a ski weekend? And somebody connected them because m our mom wanted to go to church. She was a practicing Catholic. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, I believe somebody connected her with dad so that she he, he could give her a ride to church. Yeah, and I think it was Tahoe, but yes. Okay. Okay, so that <laughs> is how they got together. And uh, I think dad was a fairly wild person in college. And I think mom probably scratched her head, but he was fun. And so right. they uh, got together and uh, and stayed together and got married and ended up down in Los Angeles, which is where I was born. And then we okay. moved back down to uh, a town called Rancho Santa Fe in San Diego in County. In San Diego County, right? Yeah. Okay, and, and he was a doctor. Correct. So they're married, San Diego, he's a doctor. They have not one, not two, not three, four, five kids. Five children. Got it. And yes. all of a sudden, they come up to the Napa Valley. How... How'd that happen? That I was mean, the, the Sandbergs. Uh, our friends, the uh, Sandberg family, uh, knew the Chapleys, and they were living in Los Angeles and Pasadena. And 
uh, then they they decided to move up here to yeah. Uh, Charlie and Joan Sandberg had also both gone to Stanford, and that's how mom and dad knew that. Our right. mom and dad knew them. Got it. Yep. So then they came up one time and visited. visited. We visited them over Thanksgiving. It was pouring rain, but we came up and visited and. <laughs> Whitehall Lane, now where um, Donna Estates is. That's where okay. they lived. Yeah, yeah. Right. So we came that. up and, and visited, and uh, it seemed to me shortly thereafter, uh, Dad was seriously looking at properties up here with okay, the intention so of... So he's, a, yeah, he's yeah. 39. It's probably something like your dad. You know, it's probably not that different. Dad's 39. He's a doctor down in San Diego, North San Diego County with uh, five children and a full-time practice, and things are fine, but he's 39 years old, and he's kind of bored and thinking, I don't want to raise all f- my five children down here in this sort of environment, which he felt mm-hmm. was changing toward a more wealthy kind of uh, enclave than, and he had been born and raised in this place. And he, they just started looking around. And for some reason, this notion of agriculture, probably again, no different than your dad wanting to raise your children in this more agrarian. pastoral, rural, right. agrarian world. Well, dad was 48. Okay. And, um, he was looking for another gig, yeah. And um, he'd been, he'd read, he'd actually done some research and read that this this pending wine boom was going to take off. Yeah. He was not a wine lover. Yeah, he was. He did it from an investment standpoint. Really? Yeah. Oh, didn't oh, you okay. See I did. I didn't no, know that he, was, he did he that from the investment. He this publishing company yeah. in Chicago for yes. twenty two years. Yes. His job was long range planning. So today his job would be. He, he read the tea leaves. What's coming? Like Got today. It. For this publishing company, it's like, okay, Snapchat, we got to get involved in this. Correct. So he kept coming across different trends. Uh And one was technology, Uh reel-to-reel tape machines, which morphed into cell phones and technology. Right, right. And one was the pending wine boom. So he simultaneously, he went to his bosses and said, we got to go tech. And they said, no, we'll stick with the workbook and the reader. This is Mm 1970-ish. Okay. Meanwhile, this wine boom, it's like, I got to check this out from a personal standpoint, personal investment. Right. He came out here, and you're going to get a kick out of this, because when did your folks buy Spotswood? 1972, and luckily your dad didn't. Luckily he didn't. You <laughs> know that he looked story. At it. So he looked at it. Yes. And uh, so he came out and looked at a bunch of properties, looked at Spotswood, which my kids do this day. It's like, we could have been living in that house. What's going on? <laughs> that beautiful home. And he ended, but he wanted to do something with hillside grapes, so we ended up down here in Stag's Leap. I thought it was right. because he didn't want another old house. I thought you guys had kind of an old house in the, the Chicago area. Oh, no, it was a great house, great okay. old, beautiful He said home. he didn't want to fix up some, another, another, another old, old house. Really? He said that's he had what had, he, I, that's, that's yeah, weird. Said. That's I weird. was having dinner with him at, uh, yeah, Robbie Dean's, you know, maybe six months ago, and he said, yeah, he just looked at it and said, I just don't, I don't want to deal with another old house. Too much work. Isn't that funny? I've never heard that one. Yeah. You'll have to ask. Here, I thought it was the Hillside Vineyard thing. It could have been. What do you you know? Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. But I I don't, our dad didn't have a a sort of a premeditated idea about where wine was going to go. It was more spontaneous. Spontaneous. It was just a lifestyle. Mostly lifestyle. Got it. It was a lifestyle. So his plan was to come up here and have a practice, medical practice. No. 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 He quit medicine. Uh He quit medicine. He quit medicine, sold his practice. So he was a general practitioner and he sold it and we moved up. Wow. They sold everything. They sold the house, the practice, everything. So my mom said they wanted to make sure to make... The, a clean cut so that there was no sort of thought that, well, there's a fallback position if right, it doesn't work. Right, we could work. go back. Right. Wow. And we had just built yeah. a really nice house down there. I mean, it was a, it was quite a... I enjoyed the lifestyle down there, being close to the beach, and it was a lot of horseback riding. And, I mean, it was a great... It, you know, Rancho Santa Fe was relatively rural also, not that time, certainly true. in the same way as Napa, but, mm-hmm. yeah, it was. It so was you move place. up here. How, how old are you guys? 
I'm the oldest of the five of us, and I was 15. 15. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, I was, well, I I was sort of mortified. It was leaving the beach and leaving all of our friends, and I think the rest of the kids had a... Uh, I mean, Beth can speak for herself, but it seemed like the kids were like, oh, this could be kind of a fun adventure. But I was a little bummed. And yeah. when we first looked in the gate at Spotswood, it looked like the Munsters lived there. I thought, you know, I'm with you. cobwebby and dark. <laughs> and uh, so you got the wrought iron gate. <laughs> yes. The stone yeah. columns. Right. Yeah. So I was I was a little surprised myself. How yeah. about you, Beth? I was along for the ride. I didn't even think about it. Like, I thought it was great. I loved coming up here. Great. I'm right in the middle of the five. So I have two older sisters and two younger brothers. And at the time, I was probably hanging a lot more with my brothers than I was with my sisters. And yeah, I was 11, so I hadn't hit the teenage years yet. I was, it Having didn't guess. impact me. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I liked it. Well, I was, I had entered the teenage years. Those are a little tricky. Exactly. Just yeah. inherently, yeah. aren't they? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're landed here. So in, in 72, we moved out in 73. I was in, Finishing high school. So I don't remember meeting you guys when I was in high school here. I remember meeting you guys when I was in my college years. We'd come back and right. Christmas I, time and Christmas at your mom's house. She'd always have a Christmas party. Right. I remember those. And then summer times. So when did uh, we come up here and play pool? I thought that was when we were in, when I was in high school and you were in high school. It might have been. We were trying okay. to try that, you know, because, you know, your parents, my parents, That's everybody's right. knew the valley. Yeah, and I think but, they were trying to help us, you know, forge family friendships and you know, kind of find a network that of people that we liked. Up right. Here. Yeah. Oh, we we had this great bumper pool table, and we, I don't know. I mean, what's like I what's forgotten. bumper pool? Everybody's like, what? Yeah, bumper pool is cool. It's I barely really a, remember it. It's it was a fun. Cool game. It's yes. still up there. Really? Oh. I should get it. I should oh my grab God. that table. You should. Yeah. yeah, you should. Yeah. Fun game. Yes. Yeah. Well, we should I, do that. And yeah. then, um, well, we didn't see each other. I think you're a teeny bit a, ahead of me in age, but I started out at St. Lena High for all of three days, and I was very shy and uh, wasn't happy about it at all. So I, I, my parents said, well, you will, you can try Justin Siena in Napa. And mm-hmm. so uh, down there I went and was introduced to a couple of nuns who were running the school, and uh, I didn't like that either. But mom and dad said, well, you know, that's this. Those these are, the are your options. Choices. So right. I ended up at, at Justin and commuted down there with uh, Heidi Peterson Barrett, was one of the okay. people in my little carpool right. group. So... So we didn't overlap, and then Beth can... Now, what about my little brother, Brad? Did you guys know? You probably knew Brad. I think Kelly, our the oh, sister the, between us, had a crush on I Brad. I think they kind of went, they had a thing. I think there was there was a little crush <laughs> a there, thing. I think. Okay. Yeah. Brad played tennis, yeah. <clears throat> okay. Well, I'm glad the... I think he had good legs. I'm glad, That's just a memory. Oh, man, I'm glad the <laughs> Novaks and Shakers hooked up one way or the other. <laughs> Good. Yeah, there. I think there might have been a few crushes, and even with, maybe with the Chapelet family too. You know, the, the we spent time with them, and I might have had a crush on Cyril. You might yeah. want to cut that out of the interview. No, no, Cyril. No, Cyril, Cyril, I love that. <laughs> Don't do that, <laughs> right? Cyril and I, you know, we played basketball together. Yeah, in high yeah, that was fun. Yeah, and then there were the uh, the famous Mondavi concerts in the summer. There were. Which, which were fun. Mm-hmm. We yeah. all used to get together and yes. picnic in the yes. hot sun for three hours before the. Music yes. came on. Yeah. Yes, and fireworks, and uh, uh, yeah, there was certain um, certain people had maybe a little too much fun there. <laughs> oh, we all did. <laughs> yeah, it was great though, <laughs> including you. Yeah, and that's me. right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So good times. So, um, and then you guys had a uh, he had a rough one. You know, your dad. Right. That was tough. So that was yeah. he was how old was he? Forty four. 
44. So, yeah, five years after we, not quite five years after we moved here, but yeah, he died of a heart attack unexpectedly. So wow. he was, uh, he had something called cardiac arrhythmia, which we didn't really know. I mean, doctors are, there's a lot of interesting thing about doctors and hopefully I don't offend anybody who's a doctor who might be listening, but doctors, A, don't necessarily plan. I mean, we were talking about how your dad really mapped out his move here. Our dad just was like, I think doctors just think, if I want to make it happen, I'll just make it happen somehow and I'll figure out a way, right? So move up here, buy this, you know, sold everything down south, buy this property, right. five children, replanting vineyard, fixing up the house, buying things with Ray Duncan, you know, just this and that, racing in the Baja 500 and 1,000 races. I mean, just doing it all. So it's like, well, you're spending a lot of money, but you're earning zero. So, <laughs> so dad, we had my mom's side of the family had a financial advisor who said, you know, Jack, you've got to go back to work. And our dad promptly fired him and then went back to work as a doctor. So <laughs> I didn't know that. Okay. He was an ER doctor for just a few years up here in yeah. 76, maybe late 75, for sure 76, and then part of 77. At Stanley Hospital. At Stanley Hospital. Thank you. And then, because um, I was home, I was home doing homework upstairs, but he was out playing tennis with Tony Holzhauer, also right, a man right. that you know, a family friend. And he got a, a emergency phone call or an emergency beep, you know. And in those days, there were no cell phones. He went Just in and beeper, right. took the, uh, you know, called the hospital from the kitchen and came back out to tell Tony that he had to take off and go to this emergency. And at that point in time, he sort of grabbed his chest apparently and said, "Oh no, not me!" and fell. Oh, and man. Uh, it was a massive heart attack that he had. And Tony did everything he could to try to resuscitate him and couldn't. So. Oh. Ambulance came, uh, took him up to the ER, and uh, that was in October uh, of 77. Uh, took him up to the, to the hospital, and then he ultimately, he had been without oxygen for nine minutes, so yeah. uh, he was brain dead. Uh, and so he did live for a while. He was on life support and things, and then thankfully our mom made the choice to take him off, which was the only yeah. Yeah, moral choice to make. Yeah. And uh, and then he died on November fourteenth, so about three weeks after oh, his heart guys, attack. That's tough. So and it was hard. You're in high school. Yes, I was in high yeah, school, and I had gone off to college. I was at college. UCLA, uh, but uh, and I'd come home um, uh, maybe three weeks before he passed away, and he had all this apparatus all over his chest. Yeah. So oh, you remember that too? Yeah. yeah. I remember so I asked, a, I asked, I asked, well, what are you doing? Are you all right? And he said, Well, I've got a condition, could be serious. And I thought that's a little odd. And then I went back to school huh. and. Was at my aunt's house in uh, West LA and got the phone call that he had passed away. I have a I have a faint memory of him, and what I yeah. remember, yeah. what you guys need to know, my faint is because it's faint. But I was thinking about you guys last night, yeah, and reading reading up on history, and I remember a really good looking, vivacious, ath great athlete, mm -hmm. like larger than life type mm -hmm. of person. Yeah, he was. He I would was agree. Just, I only met him a handful of times, but yep. the guy was like a presence. It was like, whew. Yeah. So, he yeah. had charisma. He yeah. did have, yeah. he definitely did. A ton did. of charisma. Yeah. yeah. He reminded me a little bit of Ernest Hemingway, uh, just hmm. you know, a very masculine guy and uh, not afraid to take risks. I mean, maybe, maybe to the point where sometimes that drove mom a little crazy and as Beth said, off doing these, you know, Baja races, and he bought a car dealership in Montana, and just did these things that were, you they know. were not not very not very smart. Yeah, so I was okay, like, thank God he was yeah. a, not so, a businessman; he wouldn't have ever made the move. But yeah. speaking of your mom, so here she is, husband's gone, five kids, right, living on this big beautiful estate, vineyards. What'd she do? So, I mean, she, thankful she took stock. I mean, she had, and, and I mean, she was the same age. Um, 
you know, she had already fallen in love with the area. She had made good friends. And what she recognized, right. and I only know this because I was still there, is that she had a livelihood. You know, she had, they had replanted the vineyard after we moved there. So we'd removed the grapes that I mentioned earlier and we had planted, it's a 45 acre estate total of which 40 is planted. And we had about nine acres each of Sauvignon Blanc and Zinfandel and about 20 acres of Cabernet, which okay. ultimately you guys right. started to buy right. some up. And so she realized that she had a livelihood and she wanted to stay up in up in St. Helena and keep us there. I mean, but, the three of us that were still there. But she did toy with the idea, it was my understanding, she toyed with the idea of moving back to Los Angeles where did her family she? was yeah. from initially because it was, the whole well, thing was, was a such lot. a shock. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it was a lot and there was a lot of debt. I mean, dad had left, you know, debt and there was a property <laughs> that we had bought down the street and my mom, I mean, our mom yeah. really had to consolidate stuff, yeah. you know, and luckily our uncle Carl helped her out and bought this one property that from her and sort of did, you know, right. did some things to help her out because she really had to get things organized in order to be able to stay here. So she decided to, and then I think that the one, I, the one thing that I really remember living there that I think probably cemented her resolve, which I think was already there, but probably actually like just made it really happen is that I remember a realtor walked up the front stairs and came to the front door and knocked on the door and said, oh, hi, Mrs. Novak, you know, we understand you may be selling. And I mean, I never, you knew my mom. She <laughs> didn't like lose her temper much, but she was strong. But I she bet was, she took him down. She was furious. She oh. said, get off my porch just because I am left a widow here. I am, that does not mean I'm selling. And if it had been the other way around and, and my husband, you know, I had died and my husband is here, you wouldn't be up here asking him if he was going oh, to sell his house. Her, so just get off my porch. She was, she was furious. So I think, and I think probably that, that um, experience really helped her like just, I am not, I'm not going anywhere. I'm, I'm going to make this work not and I don't end. want people thinking that I can't. Yeah. And we had just started selling fruit to... Uh, Charlie Wagner, hadn't we? Mom and dad together? They maybe had sold some to Camus, to Robert right. McGavi had bought some of the Napa Gamay, yep. to, you know, the old days of, um, God, of St. Clement with... Yep. Oh, yeah, St. Yep. Clement. And, uh, and then and then Frog's Leap even. I think I think we sort of got John and at that time Julie into the Zinfandel business because they were buying Sauvignon Blanc and Cab from us and we were like, we need you to buy our Zinfandel too. So they did. <laughs> we may have had something to do with that. I'd have to ask John. I think you probably did. We may And have. we were buying cab. I was trying to, I, exactly. I was too lazy. I can't find my old files, but I'm not sure what years, but it had to be in the mid to late 80s. I think it was uh, four or five years. You I, were, I think you <clears throat> might have been late 70s. I think I think you started buying in 78 or 79. Well, 78, we didn't purchase anything. Okay. 70, maybe 79. 79 80, yeah. or 80? Because but I think... It was a string of years. There were, and you and your, and if you were here then, when did you start here? I started in 83. Okay, but our so pre you we had another work. guy, Nico Schock, was here for a couple of years. Do you remember meeting him? I don't, but I wasn't at Spotswood then. I was still in college. You're still in college. So I think, though, I mean, in the story I always tell when I talk about how we got started, both you, your family, mm -hmm. and um, the, the Duckhorns family Duck were buying were our purchased. fruit and right. really, really encouraged mom to to make wine. And because you felt like the fruit had something special and you had recognized their shared dream, you know, of, of doing that. So that's my that's my recollection. I think, dad, I think yeah, you I think were dad, buying. Dad and Dan probably talked to your mom. I think so, too. But Doug, no. was, was there any vineyard here when you moved here? Or did you plant yeah, it all? Yeah, it was um, okay. 30 acres of 60-year-old vines. Same wow. type of thing. Mm -hmm. Chenin Blanc, Carignan, yep. okay. Petit Syrah, Zinfandel. Who had planted it? Uh, Batista Scancy in 1922. Wow. Okay. okay. There yeah. you go. Yeah. That's cool. So same deal. So yeah. 22 acres planted, but how many do you have now? It was, uh, was it 22 and it was 30? No, it was 30-ish, um, about 30, 32. And okay. now we've got 55. Okay. That's all we've got okay. on, this, on this ranch. Such a yeah. great property here. Yeah, yeah it is. Beautiful Thanks. Place. Over here. Well, I do remember, so 
we might have been purchasing grapes from you guys before I came on board, but then I came on board. And so my deal at the time was whenever we're picking grapes somewhere, whether it's our property or some a growers, right. I need to get there that morning to make sure they're using the right size gondola, to make sure they're picking the right rows. Exactly. This came from having mistakes happen. <laughs> Absolutely. You have <laughs> so, to do that. No, that's totally But this sense. is before cell phones, you know, and, and yeah. Elias is trying to, you know, so I'm in my car running all over the valley. Yes. You, and it was like vital. You had to get to every vineyard every day at, at the start. So I'd always, on picking spots with data, I always pull in. I'd just pull right in the driveway by the main house. I was early. And the kitchen light was on, and your mom's in there. And she saw me pull up. She's, come on, Doug, come on in. So I'd, I'd, I would, I got, you've heard the story. Yeah, I, I love the story. Again. It's a great I, one. I'd I would, like to hear it again. I would, she'd invite me into her kitchen. I'd have a cup of coffee with her. Mm-hmm. And we would just be chatting. Yeah. You know, how's it looking? Oh, the weather looks great. Fruit looks good. It's a little light. It's a little heavy. I think we're nailing it. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, just, you know. How the kids, how's, you know, yeah. right. how's the baby? This, right. Just the most normal kind of, Yeah. when she's puttering around the kitchen, getting things going. Yeah. And, and then I'd be there for like 10, 15 minutes. And it's like, you know, the guys are starting to pick, got to run, see ya. Thanks yeah. for the coffee. Yep. Yeah. It happened time after time. But yeah. it's like, that's that's your mom to me. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, was I'll never forget mom. it. And coffee was very important to her. <laughs> oh, well, yes. yeah, all of us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, what would we do without that? So she's growing grapes, selling grapes. Um, making a go at it. So how did, uh, whose idea was to start making wine? Well, dad and Duckhorn and a few other people kind convinced of, kind her. Kind of encouraged her and then, and then ultimately. And she went for it. And, and Tony Soder was, uh, I guess, in the in, interviewing, and I don't know how many people she spoke with, but uh, Tony was um, interested in the in it. He had been, uh, he was up at Chapelet, was yeah. living up there, had been right. making wines there. Right. Uh, wanted yeah. to start his own brand, which was called Etude, and uh, which he also started in 1982. And that was our first vintage of Cabernet. And I guess mom, mom, in interviewing him, liked him and, and brought him on board. And we actually crushed our first harvest at Hafner. And at Hafner Vineyards yes. up in Healdsburg. Yeah. Because I was going to ask you where you crushed. Yeah. First That's a long Hafner. drive. That's a 45 that minute drive. drive. And Tony did his Pinot up there, too. So you probably know, is it Park, right? It's Park Hafner, yeah. who I met. <laughs> You're going to love this one. <laughs> I'm, you know, to all our folks out there, if there's too much, you know, history, too much information, too, too much information <laughs> right. is the way it's going to be. Park Hafner, Hafner Vineyards up in Healdsburg. Yes. I'm at UC Davis freshman year, Chem 1A, my first chemistry class. I'm in the lab. I'm sitting across this table from this guy. You know, we're, you know, freshmen in college. Hi, I'm Doug Schaefer. Hi, I'm Park Hafner. You know, where are you from? Well, I'm Healdsburg. My dad's got a vineyard. Well, Napa, my dad's got a vineyard. That's where I first met Park Oh, Hafner. that's great. That's great. Does Hafner know, still exist? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I just they ran do a into great him job. up and... Okay. So, oh, yeah, great. Yeah, Park's a pal. Nice to hear. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Tony's, Tony... So, uh, Tony started in 82. Yep. And so... Uh, and then uh, mom started chatting with Beth about uh, coming up and uh, helping her and... Yeah, that yeah, wasn't but, that wasn't until 1987. Well, no, so, so, oh, that well, was later. Well, Lindy, where were you? Because you were in, you went to college where I did. I went to UCLA for two years, and Got then it. I uh, the quarter that uh, Dad passed away, I had set in motion a plan to transfer to Cal uh, okay. with another friend of mine from Santa Barbara. So I ended up at Cal. Got it. And I was a geography major. I I thought maybe I would go into some kind of environmental planning. I wasn't okay. really sure. And then uh, when I graduated. Um, 
I, I had a, a sort of a subsidiary in, interest in fashion and a f- close friend of ours knew Phil Schlein who ended up making wine up here and he was then okay. the president of Macy's California and she set up an interview for me at his house in Pacific Heights with oh, he neat. and his wife and uh, he was a really dynamic guy. This was in the years when uh, retail uh, was um, uh, the stores were beautiful and Macy's was very high end and so I, right. I yeah. It's way before online things. That's yeah. right. That's right. So I ended up uh, working for Macy's in the city and uh, was with them for about four years and then uh, decided that I wasn't really fond of the retail work schedule and mm-hmm. uh, wasn't really a, a great fit for uh, corporate life. So I uh, left and um, hooked up with a really nice guy who became my boss and I sold clothing. So we worked in the apparel mart at 821 Market Street in San Francisco. Wow. And uh, I you was sold a rep. swimwear. I did. I ended up selling swimwear, and uh, that was fun. We had a lot of uh, yes. fashion shows trying fashion on shows, swimwear, yes. and uh-huh. the sisters getting together trying <laughs> on, try on the Gore-Tex <laughs> swimwear. There it was. There you go. It was fun. Okay. And yeah, so I covered Northern California, Oregon, and Washington. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, and you got to go to Lolo's Large and Lovely. In Lake oh County God, you're going to tell that to sell story. Suits. That's a pretty good. I one. sold to a variety of establishments, <laughs> and one of them was a was a trailer in Thanks, uh, in Lake it. County, and a trailer uh, in Lake County, a trailer in Lake County, and okay. I do believe she ended up buying some some swimwear. So, Lolo's well, Large hey, and Lovely, wasn't it? <laughs> well, look, at, I think it was because yeah. we'll we'll talk a little later okay. about what you do now for Spotswood. Yeah. But yeah. what a what a great education for selling wine. Exactly, that's right. I mean, look, we the three of us, we've all sold wine, and you name it, we've. Yeah. Well, you, yeah, we have. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> we have. <laughs> well, that's like me. My training was teaching junior high school. Yeah, that's right. where I can handle any any type of yeah crowd anytime. And right, I I it, I've listened to I think all of your podcasts, as I've said, and sort of sort of gleaned some additional you know knowledge about how you c- came back to the winery. But why did you leave teaching? Because your dad wanted your help. Why did you leave teaching? Was it a oh, burnout or no? No, no. I um I left teaching. I did for two years. Um, were you in the Central Valley? No, I was in Tucson, Arizona. Tucson. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 You guys didn't know that. No, I'd forgotten that. Um, uh, but no, I left teaching because, uh, well, you know, Lindy chats we've had about young and, you know, idealistic. Yeah. That was me. Yeah. And I thought I was going to be able to change the world yeah. through education. Yeah. And within two years of teaching, it's like, oh man, you know, the, the kids are like third on the list. It's the parents, it's the board of mm-hmm. education. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. So I was very frustrated yeah. from a very, um, it's you know. Bad altruistic view, viewpoint and I still you know I, I had the degree in wine, grapes and wine so loved it so uh, I was home at Christmas break before my second year of teaching and I actually said to dad I said, you're gonna love this I said I'm thinking about coming back and getting in the wine business and he and I quote he said quote well, I don't have a job for you. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> That's inviting. And, yeah. That, well, it's fine because my retort was and I, very honestly said I don't want to work for you anyway, so no big deal. So, <laughs> so that was fine. So, I because he had a winemaker, and, right, yeah, and so I came right. back and was I was doing my own thing. With, yeah. you know, but you, you got you guys have always been close, you and your oh, dad, yeah. right? Well, no, well, yeah. that's we've honest yep. relationship. Yep. You know, yeah. And and I wasn't looking for it. I didn't want to work with him. Yeah. You know, even and the fact that we've ended up working for close to forty years together is pretty amazing. Yeah. Because yeah. so, I was never amazing. never even a thought. So who did you end up working for? I was working at uh, Lake Spring. It's okay. now defunct with Randy Mason. Oh yeah. Who also was up at Chapel A right. with uh, Tony okay. Soder. Okay. Um and was his uh cellarat slash assistant winemaker for two okay. or three years. Lake Spring was on Spring Mountain? Uh Hoffman Lane, south of Yountville. Oh, south of Yountville. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that Got facility you. out there. Okay. Yeah. 
And then how long till your dad let you come um, over? About three years with Randy, and then his winemaker had some issues, and he called me up and said, do you want to come do this? So yeah. I said, okay, we'll give it a try. Yeah. He actually had to talk me into it. Oh, he I, did? I said, I'm, I'm, another quote, I know enough to know I don't know how to do this yet. Mm-hmm. Right. And I said, yeah. well, we'll get you cons- some consulting help. And by the way, I was right. Yeah. But we figured it out. And you yeah. guys brought Tony on too. Yeah, I brought Tony point. on. After yeah. three or four years, I brought Tony yeah. on. Tony's, Tony's amazing. Tony was great. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. So you're you're in the world of clothing and sales. And yes. Beth, you're, you're in college. Right. So I graduated UCLA in 83 and I had lived my junior year abroad. So when I got out of, of college, I knew I wanted to, when I got done with UCLA, I knew I wanted to come to Northern California, live in the city. And I got a job with a wine brokerage actually right out of college. I mean, I graduated and I was working the next week. Were you, was the wine thing, when did the wine thing kick in for you? I think I got interested when I was living in Europe. Okay. I mean, we were drinking an awful lot of beer because I was in Salzburg, Austria. But <laughs> since I could legally drink, I've been reminded that I actually was the one that would order wine. Somehow or another, this wine interest was kind of hitting me without my even really knowing it. Huh. And I and I also had brought wine to everybody at UCLA. Um, the, my friends, we used to sit on the stairs and drink wine right. at the end of the semester. You know, I mean, why not? There's always an excuse. So um, so anyway, somehow I got out and I, I had interviewed before. I got a job with a man named Bruce McCumber who had a brokerage called Bruce McCumber Wines. And it was amazing. So this was 1983. I remember that. So you think about a time and it's, we had Joseph Phelps when Joseph Phelps used to make like 20 different wines from late Harp, you know, from Shory Ray, but a late right. Harvest JR to early JR to Carbonic Zin to, I mean, they made everything. And we had, you know, Camus, when Camus was making wines that were like right from their estate and right. were like, you know, just really lovely. Um, uh, Saintsbury, Pine Ridge. I mean, Dick, you know, Dick Ward and David Ward. Grace had just started Saintsbury. So it was a really interesting time to get. We had more brands than that, but it was a great time to get into it. And then if you think about San Francisco at the time, you know, Stars had recently opened up. So you had the whole Jeremiah Tower thing going on. You know, obviously Chez Panisse had been open since the late 70s. And so there was a whole in, renaissance. In the city? Living yeah. in the city, actually with Lindy. Yeah, ended for up, a while ended we up lived moved, together. Moved in with Lindy. You two lived together? We did wow. together. We wow. did. We got okay. a little fun trouble together for we a while did. in North Beach. And I think that's Union a reality Street show. And we could do this. I we could. Yeah. It was yeah. it was fun. I mean, Lindy and I have always gotten along really yeah. well, which is which is really Great. nice. I feel very yeah. lucky for that. Yeah, so, vice versa. Yeah, moved, moved to the city and, uh, and sold wine for a number of years and then ultimately met John, uh, who's now my husband, um, when, when I was there and we quit our jobs and spent a whole summer, like three and a half months, hiking and backpacking our way through the Pacific Northwest and, oh. you know, Northern California, Oregon, Washington, up into Canada, back down, ultimately Wyoming and home. Oh, I never and that, that was great. And then I came back and uh, it was like, okay, I need to learn more about computers because PCs were just coming. So I did right. some temp work. I had no idea what I wanted to do, but I was doing temp work for different people and learning PC work. And then ultimately it was like, I'd like to get back in the wine business. I was trying to figure out how. How to do it. And then at that time, mom, my mom called me and said, hey, I could, it was uh, fall of 87 and suggested that she could use some help. And John and I were living together in sin, as she liked to remind me in San Francisco. <laughs> uh, my my uh, mom did the same thing. Yeah, that kind You're of reminder thing. Sin. Yeah, it's like, yeah. ouch. So I came up a couple of days a week for probably two weeks, and literally it just turned into full time. So I so that's eighty seven. Eighty seven. So, so we were releasing our eighty four. The 84. first Spotswood wine was an eighty two. So we were releasing our third vintage. Got it. And okay. and uh, and it was it was and at that time Tony had become our vineyard manager in eighty five, so, and and he had brought organic farming to the property then, right. and so and so it was really just I mean our mom was doing 
all of the, I mean, she was doing payroll, which she hated. She was doing all this stuff administratively, which was 100% not her thing. She was doing everything. She was doing more or less everything. Tony was helping her. Handwritten invoices. It was hilarious. So she was very happy to Handwritten checks, fax machines. Well, fax machines. No, no fax machines. She did not want to invest in a fax machine. She felt like it was a waste of money. I kind of remember those days. We, I remember it took us a while to get one, too. It's like, Mom, we got to make the investment. But she finally got the printer. Do the kids, do our kids know what a fax machine is i don't think they do they probably don't I should, yeah maybe not i should okay they may yeah. not they all right may kids not. if you're listening we'll we'll chat at christmas exactly right. exactly right. so you guys took over the upstairs of the house all the the kids had vacated oh, and okay yep oh, that's so, where our so offices were so we were custom crushing okay. outside bringing the barrels back to spotswood to age then okay. taking the wine back out in to the sequoia and grove to age them in the basement because i remember seeing yep. them down there exactly yeah. for some reason i was over there trying to wine with somebody tony, probably, probably with tony yeah. and yeah and everything everything was down in the basement exactly and it smelled good and then the offices were upstairs, mm-hmm. and so we had everything up there. And then, and then ultimately, um, our mom at first I think thought that she wouldn't mind the activity at our house because she was alone, and so she right. was like, "Okay, this will be fine." And then she quickly realized, "No, I don't want people coming up my front stairs and looking in the window and knocking on the door and asking where Spotswood is." So we started thinking about where <laughs> your, are we going to go. Customers, your yeah, fans. we kind of need, right. yeah, we kind of need a home, and uh, and so <laughs> then luckily this property across the street came on the market. We didn't actually know about it. It was Dan Duckhorn that knew about it. it was a be- It's the um, beautiful old stone building, which is the 19th pre-prohibition winery in well, Napa County. And it had and been a- sitting there forever vacant. It was right. It had yeah. been it was sitting there. Shed, it was just, yeah, a tractor shed. It was Ken it. Karen's yeah. property. And, and then the old farmhouse, which is now our offices. So um, Dan Duckhorn made an offer, bought it, and what he, they wanted was the vineyard land because they knew that they weren't going to keep getting grapes from us because we were going to be, yeah, we were making our own making wine, wine and ultimately we'll be replanting because of phylloxera. So he wanted to continue to get grapes from that side. We wanted the buildings, so luckily we figured out a way to parcel off the front two acres. And so we got the the buildings, and he got the seven and a half acres of vineyard behind, and we ended up moving up there. Yeah, completely nice. refurbished the house. And yeah, yeah, it was it's a, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it's a neat place. Looks like a mini Spotswood. They're, don't they look related? Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Well, what's bit. nice is you've got all your, you, you crushed there, you pressed yeah. there, all your Exactly. Since there. 99, you know, we, yeah. didn't, we didn't have the financial ability. We had the whole thing mapped out so that we could build the production facility and then at the same time that we bought the property and fixed up the barrel building first and then the office building, we phylloxera showed up, which we had anticipated. I was going to ask you about But we that. took the decade of the 90s to replant our vineyard. And then once we got ahead of that, that's where our financial resources went was the vineyard. Once we were ahead of that, then we we're like, okay, now it is time to build a, a facility here. And then what pushed us hard on that too was that 98 vintage. Remember how hot it was? And, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> It was a hot vintage, and and Rosemary Cakebread, who was making our wines at the time, was scrambling to find space because we were now at Napa Wine Company, and we had to clear tanks, and Tony Soder was nice enough to take us down at his facility and, and on Oak Knoll and let us do some more extended right. things, and, and, and it was like, we can't keep doing this. So we, we had been in the planning stages, but we started um, we started construction in 98, and it was ready for the 99 harvest. Wow. Yeah, so that was nice. And wasn't it one of Howard Backen's? It was Howard Backen's first. Yeah, he was he was willing to do it for us just because he wanted to get his foot in the door for a, for building. Oh, you got you got a Howard Backen job. We have a Howard Backen winery, but we got it for extremely cheap. Way to go! Yeah, early on. Yeah. So you got it done in time for the '99 harvest. Yes, that's yep. great. Phylloxera was a tough one. That took us all down. Yes. That was, so that was, you were taking care of that in the early, mid In the early 90s, right. basically. We started in 1990, so we had that, 
Tony had come to my mom and me in, in 88, basically, and said, look, if phylloxera was out there, and you'll remember, Doug, that there was so much denial about phylloxera. I mean, if you remember, even like Opus One had just planted that whole vineyard in front of their winery on Highway right. 29 with AXR1 rootstock in the late 80s. So people were kind of like, there was a sense of denial about it. But Tony was like, I've seen it. It's out there. It's we're out going there. to get it. We're on AXR1. Yeah. David Abreu was the one who was farming our vineyard with with uh, Tony because he had the equipment. So, I mean, who knows who gave what to whom? It's just that it, we were spreading yeah. it around through driving equipment in and out of different vineyards. We would have gotten it anyway. It doesn't matter. So Tony had already uh, determined and come to my mom and me and said, look, when we find it, we need to have a plan. And the plan, I think, should be we're going to sacrifice the Sauvignon Blanc acreage for Cabernet. So when we discovered it was out in the back acreage, you know, the part of the vineyard that that was kind of the prime and still Mm -hmm. is that acreage that you wanted to buy from, too, out (laughs) in the back. And so that's where we found it. And so we took out that we took out the Sauvignon Blanc in 1990 after the 90 harvest and started replanting in 91. That was kind of a heartbreaker for mom. She loves she loves Sauvignon Blanc. She doesn't never was as, as much of a fan of Cabernet. Did you ever, Sauvignon did you ever replant Sauvignon Blanc? We have one acre, one point oh seven acres out there. Mary's Block. It's named for her. Good. Yeah. yeah. Good for you. Yeah. But Good started purchasing Sauvignon Blanc at that point. You know, I, I you just I just thought of something. I've got a. This has no rhyme or reason. Anything we're talking about, but I just flashed on your grapes. And the six or seven years we had the Spotswood tank here in this cellar. Yes. Because we, we kept everything separate. Yeah. And let me tell you guys something. Well, you know it, but I'm going to tell it to you. That Spotswood tank was always like, ah, so good. It <laughs> was really good. And, and it nice, was thanks. It was good, and it, and it, it was what was neat was, it was really different from the, the cab off this property. Yes. And it was different from other cabs that we per, were purchasing at the time. But there was just this amazingly sleek, racy, Clear, uh, clear as a bell fruit. Yeah, precision. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's precision, something about it. Precision, precision, yeah, like delineation. And we loved yeah. it. So yeah. I was, and, that's and it, good to know. And Thank it you. Shows Thank you. today in yes. the wines you bottle. But yes. I just had a f- yeah. Because when you're when you make wine, you're in the cellar. You um, you get really intimate with your tanks at harvest time. Right. Because you know that you know tank eight is the Spotswood tank, and tank nine is you know upper seven, and tank thing you know it's right. Just, and you you kind of know them because you're you're tasting them two or three times each you hug day. Them occasionally, yeah, hug them. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you, <laughs> um, you you kind of it's hard yeah. to describe. Yeah, it's probably the one thing I miss most about yes. not mm-hmm. being a real hands-on day-to-day winemaker anymore. Yes. But um, boy. Spotswood tank was always great. So, okay, so you're cranking along. <laughs> Lindy, when do you when do you get involved? Uh, so I was, as mentioned, I was uh, still traveling and uh, selling uh, swimwear, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and it, it was fun. I mean, I, I yeah. lived in, I had moved to Marin, and I was, I, I got to write swimwear orders in the winter, and all the shipments happened in the summer, and I'd be windsurfing over the summer. So windsurfing and swimsuits all went together. So that nice. was fun. Uh, but I'd been selling for a number of years, and one year I was hanging up my samples, and I wasn't feeling quite as enthusiastic about it as I had in the mm-hmm. past. Um, business was changing. Uh, we sort of touched on what retail has become today. It was becoming more competitive, more uh, deal-driven, and retailers were negotiating with right. you to, for profitability, and that part of it I didn't really think was very much fun. So um, – I was hanging up samples and thinking, hmm, I don't know. I'm not as excited about this as I once was. And so somehow you and mom and I started chatting and uh, Beth and mom said, well, why don't you just come up? You have the flexibility. Um, you have to get off your windsurf board for a little while, but come up and, <laughs> and see if you, uh, you know, work, work part-time at the winery and see if you, have, if you feel any uh, 
uh, inclination toward it. And I always say it would make a lovely story if I could say, oh my God, I just thought it seemed so fascinating. It it was, it seemed interesting, but it was going to involve a, a taking a risk on my right, part. And I'm not right. a huge risk taker, but I thought, well, I either keep doing what I'm doing and, or I, I take a risk. And I felt like I was close enough with mom and Beth so that if it didn't work out, we could be honest with one another and say, mm-hmm. it's probably yeah, not a, not important. a fit. So I would say, um, it was uh, what well, was it, it was hard because I didn't know very much about wine. I was still going to bars in in the city and drinking, you know, Kyoki coffees, Kyoki coffees, vodka <laughs> cranberries, you know, whatever, whatever. Uh, this is probably the stronger the better. And so uh, I didn't know much about wine. Right. And uh, fortunately for me, at that time, uh, we ended up hiring Pam Starr, who was okay. at Harmonie, to make our wines. Right. And so uh, you know, she's a powerhouse of energy and she's very ebullient and uh, loves wine. So when we would travel together selling wine, uh, I had the sales experience from swimwear, she could talk about the wine and I could tell the family story. So it worked out very nicely. And so I kind of grew into the role and uh, started out handling our California sales and then eventually um, uh, grew into taking over some out-of-state markets from Beth and um, uh, became... uh, Oh, I started. I eventually oversaw national sales, so um, it was. It, it's it's been fun. I, mm-hmm. I got to travel oh, well, the you, country. I've okay. gotten to meet amazing people, and yeah, you've built great relationships with yeah, a lot of. Yeah, thank you. Well, that's people. I like so I like that part of it. I do. Well, yeah. I remember one trip. And I think you were both on it. Yep. So you were probably you know. It was in the early stages. It was the uh, Washington, D.C. I was going to say yes. the MacArthur tasting. Mac- <laughs> well, oh, yeah. MacArthur yeah. tasting. <laughs> oh, yes. But one night, we had a free night, and our distributor um, got a, John got a bus. John, John Mantis, Mantis yeah. got a bus, and there was you guys, me, Kathy Corison. Tony Soder. Tony Soder. Oh, God, where did well, we go? Sam Citron we, was And us. we had the big plan was we were going to take off at um, 5.30 or 6 o'clock, mm-hmm. and we were going to hit four or five accounts. That's right. Oh, yeah. And yes. we were all going to go in and, like, have a course <laughs> at each account with all five or six of us yes. from each, you know, having our, That's right. pouring our wine for the wine buyer at each establishment. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. It was a hoot yeah. because we were just, you know, it was a road trip. But it was only, like, a mile between stops. <laughs> right. We to... Um, Oh God, where did we go? Um, would it have probably went to Red Sage went to there? Yes. Red did we go Sage. to Nora? Maybe. Nora, uh-huh. we probably hit. Might have gone. And to the Nora. last stop was Michael Sternberg's. Lindy and I couldn't remember the name. The name His, of the, the steakhouse. steakhouse. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm gonna have to think about that. Mm-hmm. It was on K yeah. Street or L Street. Anyway, Lindy, you know, I knew I've known Beth forever because you know, and then Lindy, I didn't know that well, so I'm getting to know her. So all of a sudden, right. one we were third or fourth stop, she says something about cookies. I said, what do you mean? She goes, doesn't a cookie and a glass of milk sound really good? And I was like, wow, I never thought about that. And you know, it does sound really good. I wasn't telling, this is my, my mind thinking, right. it does sound really good because I've just been drinking wine, you know, my own wine all day long and I hate to do it and fancy food. God, cookies and a glass of milk. Sounding so I, I said, better. yeah. I said, you know, I didn't know who this woman was, but I said, right. that sounds a really good idea. <laughs> so so I started jumping on that too. So the next two stops, we kept asking for milk and cookies and no one had it until the last stop. We said, and boom, we each have a big glass of milk warm and some warm cookies. chocolate chip cookies. <gasps> Nothing quite like that. No. That's good. So whenever Lindy and I see each other on the road, it's no matter about where cookies. we are, we always have to uh, have warm cookies. cookies and milk. Warm I love cookies it. and yeah. milk. So, yeah. Yeah, I told Doug that I've just now discovered 
uh, Danny Meyer's Shake Shack frozen yogurt with caramel sauce on top. And that's a close <laughs> second to those warm chocolate oh, chip I've cookies, not had I must that. say. But Danny Meyer knows to how to do it. He, he knows how to do it. He's he got, does. He's got the touch. All right. So quickly, the Spotswood grapes, which I talked about, and the quality of that wine from that site. Um, but you've had, talk to me, because you've had a, a number of winemakers through the years. Mm-hmm. I'd be, I'd, I think everybody would love to hear who they were because I can't keep them all straight. They would start out with Tony. So Tony from 82 through 91. Mia okay. Klein sort of came to work with him in 90 because we were crushing our fruit down at, at um, Robert Pepe, present-day Cardinal. Right, right. So that's how they got introduced. Then Pam Starr came on board with us in 92, and Tony consulted. Tony and Mia consulted got 92 it. through 96. And then Rosemary Cakebread came on board with us in 97. Tony consulted for one year and then was kind of getting moving on his way to Oregon. He's right. making great Pinot up there, which I buy every year. Yep. Um, and so Rosemary Cakebread came on in 97, and then she made the wines through 05, mm-hmm. at which time Jennifer Williams, whom she had hired as an assistant winemaker, came on as winemaker, and then ultimately in well, January of 11, so really he finished the 10 vintage. Aaron Weinkoff, who had been our assistant winemaker and vineyard manager, start, took over the winemaking. So quite a string of yes. really good winemakers. What's yeah. the – because you guys run it. I mean, what's your how – you, how do you work with different winemakers and, you know, they might want this, they might want that, and they've got this great vineyard. I mean, do you have to kind of like – Here's our style. This is what we're sticking to, or is it a collaboration of you know someone's got a new idea? I mean, because I I I don't have that. Yeah, no, I'm, it's I'm, a, it's I'm, stu- a, it's I'm a, stuck with one winemaker. I mean, right, thirty-five years. And I, mean, I and geez, I went to and I went to high yeah, school yeah, with yeah, Elias. We were on, on track. On. We were on track team together. Um, That's right, Elias yeah, and I. Yeah, Elias. we were we were in high school together. Yeah, you know, I mean, for us, I think what we've always done is at any time a new winemaker's come on, we go through an entire vertical of the wines. Okay. We talk about Smart. the property. We talk about what we're looking for. Uh, we're talking about always wanting to make a wine that honors the estate and speaks to the time and place. Every, you know, each year shows its vintage and its site. And so we've spoken about that. Certainly, there was times. I mean, there had been changes when, when. Um, I mean, with the replant, of course, that mm-hmm. caused some change because right. now we have different rootstocks mm-hmm. and different things going on. Um, yeah, and the then, and then there was a time when when people were getting, you know, when things were getting a little bit riper, and and it was kind of like, and that's what the press was was uh, was loving, loving, <laughs> right. and so. We certainly, we, we never went as far um, as some, but we went riper than we had been um, probably, I think, 14, 7 or 14, 8 has been literally our highest alcohol, mm-hmm. but we've we've brought that back with, with Aaron. Um, and so, and that was late night. I would say 09 was probably our, our sort right. of most open, and it's showing beautifully mm-hmm. right now, by nice. the way. But it, it was probably that one where it was like, okay, wait a minute, now we're kind of, are we losing what we think? Is Spotswood esque, you know, and I don't, I don't know that we were, but we we made a conscious decision to kind of like, well, well let's let's you pull have that to. Back. That's important because exactly. your, cus- your customers count on it. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's right. What, that's what we found. Exactly. They, they, you know, they they want to know they it's going to be a certain style. That's right. Exactly. That's, 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 yeah. that's exactly. They buy Shaver because the, they love that style, right. and that's and that's and if you all of a sudden just changed it, it would be like, ooh, that's not what I had in mind, right? right. So yeah. So it's it's that's been we've been able to do that. We've been able to keep that on, on yeah, track. Been, which has been fun. Yeah, nice consistency. I think people uh, often when they taste a vertical, they try to peg. Oh, is this where Pam left off, and this is where Rosemary started? I don't think you can really. Just, you know, there might be a tiny bit of, of winemaker influence. That makes sense, but it's there's consistency. That's a that's a small percentage yeah. of people. Yeah. 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 But exactly. they try. So current lineup these days, you've got. 
Cabernet, Cabernet Sauvignon, right. Spotswood label. Yep. And Spotswood label, you also have Sauvignon Blanc. Correct. Yes. And that's it under the Spotswood label? That's it on the Spotswood label. Yes. And Correct. then the second label is, is it a second label or just a different brand? It's a Napa Valley Cabernet. Napa Valley so it's Cabernet. Lindenhurst Cabernet Sauvignon and it's Napa Valley, a little bit from our estate. And then um, and then we do purchase a bit from the outside. So that's a couple thousand cases a year, literally. And right. then Spotswood Cabernet, our goal every year is 4,000 cases. We hope to hit that. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we're a bit over, but we that's where we want to be. And then about 4,000 cases of Spotswood Sauvignon Blanc. So we're about a 10,000 case one year. And those are real numbers. Those aren't like... <laughs> Those I'm are actually you. what we're producing. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm, you know, I've, <laughs> come on, you guys. <laughs> well, no, I, I mean that because there is, there's a lot of times when people say what their production is, you're like, really? Is it? I mean, you know, there's, oh, there's, you know, you know, people gets, assume that small production is better. I get the same thing. I run like John Williams, right. Fox Deep. Great friend. But yes, he just, he's, he's, he's just like, yeah, right, Schaefer. Yeah, right. right. You're all over the place. It's like, come on, John, give me a break. He goes, right. look at you. I said, no, we just, you know, we just do a lot of PR and stuff. We're talking about it. Exactly. You know, you got to be 80,000. No, we're not. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I know, people like do that. Yeah. People always think that we're bigger than we are just because the name has some. That's and a that nice would, size. That would be true for you. It is a nice but size. You sell, but you sell how many states are you guys in? Almost all. Yeah. Except, all. For, except for North Dakota. We just reopened Oklahoma and I think... Considering going back into Arkansas, is that right? And that just that just evolved even with our small production because we would have people requesting our wines, and after a certain point, we kind of couldn't say no. Yeah. But we're doing a lot internationally too, mm-hmm. so we're at about twelve percent, and I, I see that growing to be be fifteen to twenty percent. We've great. grown that from five percent, so uh, we feel like that international exposure and kind of having that broad distribution is is wise long term. We're on the same page on yeah. that one. Yeah. So yeah. your biggest export markets? Ooh, right now would be. Belgium is actually really big. Wow. Uh, Hong Kong is very Hong good. Hong Kong's great. Um, Japan is mm-hmm. actually a little bit bigger than than Hong Kong. Uh, England, so yeah. is good. So all of those markets are probably our biggest. Germany is also good. Good. We need to compare notes. On, we do on uh, importers. <laughs> yes, because you know some you know they they move you know exactly they move and they, you know you've got to keep your eye open. Exactly. Yep. We'll do that. We'll do that offline. <laughs> um, so you two and your mom. A lot of years together. How many years together? 87 to 16 for me. So is that almost 40? 87? What was the secret? What's the secret? 30 years, I guess. I mean, for mom and me, I don't know. I mean, you know, we never... I have to say, like, we never argued. We never... Mm -hmm. I don't know what the secret was. You know, I think the secret might have been is that... And Lindy can chime chime in on this, but... She really didn't want to have control. She really wasn't like she was. She was happy to to give that up. You know what I mean? So she wasn't constantly trying yeah. to hang on to something. Right. And so over time, she she stayed engaged to the extent that she would know what was happening financially and would take a look at the right. financials and we'd go over them. And that was important to her to know that it was successful. But then beyond that, she was trusting, which was really nice. Um, yeah. She trusted us to make the right decisions and. And to have her and our best interests at heart. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, the only time I really got mad at her was when she, we had coyotes out in the vineyard, <laughs> and this was probably like eight years ago. And she brought in like somebody who was gonna maybe try to take Shoot these coyotes em. out. And I just said, absolutely not. That person needs to go away. They are, not, they're not our coyotes. They belong to, you know, this Mother, environment. Mother Earth, yeah. right. And and we will not, we will not. They're not ours to. To, to, to do anything about. They're not they're not hurting us. So that was probably the only time where I just really put my foot down and said, That's, we're just not doing that here. We're not going to trap these coyotes and have them right. take them somewhere. And that was, and you know, I just, and that was really probably a function of my mom just thinking, well, maybe 
they're not good to have here. You know, we right. don't want them here. It wasn't like she's not a nice person. She just felt like they shouldn't be here. But honestly, we had no, we, and we had more fun traveling. I mean, yeah. I took a ton of trips with mom. So did Lindy I. Lindy did, yeah. and she was great. Yeah. yeah. Pretty, pretty, uh, I don't know if easygoing is the right word, but, you know, not a, just a, Really, uh, uh, of course, we're both biased, but uh, you know, a great person, really nice. That the Mary Novak that you drank coffee with right. in the kitchen sort of never, never left, and uh, and she never really wanted the limelight either. So that left uh, that left Beth and I. You know, she never wanted to really speak at engagement. She right. Remember how nervous she would get. Oh, she would get. She didn't want to get up nervous. and talk in front of groups and. Um, uh, but uh, one-on-one, you know, people people loved her. They they always used to say, like, right, she'd be standing next to me and, you know, we'd be visiting with some people in the yard and people would say, your mother is such a treasure, you know, as if she wasn't even standing right there. I mean, people just, there's, I think her down-to-earthness, you know, she was just a, a good person, good sense of yeah. humor and a yeah. uh, good sense of adventure and... Um, uh, yeah, I mean, people would come by and she'd invite them out on the porch for wine. I, I, I hear that story everywhere I, I do go. Too. I'm like, I yeah, she too. just she would invite anybody over. I right. remember that. I mean, if they were out, I, mean, yeah. I didn't think she was that nice to us. I didn't no. either. <laughs> <laughs> no, she, she, no was. she was. She great. was, yeah, uh, really. Uh, uh, I mean, your dad kind of reminds me of mom, you know, I, I in terms of down to earthness, being a real person. Uh, and and always you know very interested in other people yeah. and what they do and how they got to where they right. yeah. got to. Yeah. It's like tell me your story. Yeah. It's kind of like what we do here. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And it's really kind of yeah. neat. Yeah. And uh, I had a similar thing with dad. It was yes. just um it's like he trusted me. Yes. Yeah. I was like I'm thinking, you know, wow. Yeah. Because when you grow up with them, you know, you're your parent for all those years. It's yes. like you, you know you, you know when when did this switch from me being the kid to like Right, know, yeah. An adult, you know. Exactly. A, you know, trustworthy adult. Yeah. I'm yeah. still not sure. But. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh. Yeah. Well, she, was, she was a sweetheart. Yeah, we, thanks. We, yeah. we lost her three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think she'd want to be remembered? Do you want to start? Uh, each, each got a shot. Each got a mic. Yeah, right. Uh, no, you go first. I mean, I think she'd want to be remembered as as... For for who she was in her in her heart right. uh, and her soul, which was just a person who, yeah, who cared deeply about what she did, cared cared a lot about Spotswood, um, had family in her in her mind. I mean, she was very family oriented. She loved to travel. I mean, she just she 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 did what she believed in. She didn't do what she thought people wanted her to do or what right. she thought she would do. She was genuine. She was authentic very, and true to genuine. herself. I and I think I think that's what she'd want to be remembered yeah. for. Yeah, yeah, I I would agree with that. Probably, you know, for her, a little bit for her sense of humor, for her bridge playing skills, she was an excellent. Oh, she I didn't know that. She was player. cagey. Yeah, very. She very was a cagey. sneaky uh, competitor. You know. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, she was this, honest, but she yeah. but she liked to win. Yeah, right? she did. Dominoes. So she played. She played with with Barbara Schaefer Barbara and, and yeah, my dad's wife. Yeah, yeah. and um, Diane Livingston and yep. Betty O'Shaughnessy That's and right. mm-hmm. a contingent of women still come to the house uh, monthly. I don't know, monthly and yeah. play bridge kind of in her honor. And there's oh, usually also neat. a yeah they play in Mount's cool. house, which is nice. Uh, yeah, and there's a jigsaw puzzle often on the table that she worked a lot of. I think that's partly how she kept herself sharp. So there, there's always a well, crossword maybe, puzzle. Well, maybe we yeah. should start a monthly thing. You know, I don't think we'll do bridge, but why don't I get the do bumper? Cookies? I'll get the, we'll do bumper pool and cookies. I'll get <laughs> I'm the, liking the bumper, I'll get the bumper idea. pool. That would be awesome. Yeah. And we can have a contest. Okay. All Sounds right. good. We'll play for cookies. Yeah. Good. Right. So so currently what's going on? Whose roles? Beth, you're president. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
I run I run the business. You run the business. It, yep. Lindy is national sales. I have been national sales, and I um, I'm uh, pulling back a little bit to become more ambassadorial. So we've oh, okay. hired. Uh, Susan Citrant, who you know, Sam, oh, Susan, yeah. to okay. help us on the, the East Coast. Yeah, she's uh, great. She's great. She lives in Pittsburgh and uh, she's very wine knowledgeable and has a good business sense. And so she can get any, anywhere in that uh, neck of the woods in you know an hour and a half, which is awesome. And then Mary Pat Sullivan, who came to us from uh, Chapelet four years ago. Right. I think it's been four? at least four years, yeah. She's great. And uh, so she took over Midwestern states and I was uh, I kept six Western states that I've kind of uh, turning over to her right now. And um, I still would like to travel and be involved in uh, some mm-hmm. of the winery marketing. And I, th- I think that's really what I'm I'm best at is interacting with people out in the marketplace. I was just in Palm Desert and did a dinner with the Shen, a little group of the Shen. I was very intimidated. Did they have around They, there? they were wearing all oh, of their oh, medals oh, and their, oh, their, their that is yes, so dorky. yes. That's so funny. <laughs> I hate that. Is so yeah, but Lindy's good with that. She can I, absolutely. She, can she took her it. own Toph Divan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I want, one of, I want one of those. They're called ribbons and you, you accumulate... Oh, I see. It's pins a con- it's a contest. by you know uh, the number of events oh, yeah, that you of yeah participate you in. Do. We got to get going on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, in the sales environment, you know this from being out there in the world, it's gotten more, uh, more competitive, and a lot of changes with distributors, and it's uh, uh, kind of a lot to keep up with. Uh, but um, so anyway, so I'm going to stay on in in that capacity and. I mentioned to uh, you, Doug, when I saw your Red Shoulder Ranch artwork in the hallway that I just wrote a children's book. I've written several children's oh, book and books uh, for fun. I don't have any children, but I love to write. And mom used to write poems, and she got me started on rhyming and kind of Dr. Seuss, Seuss-ish rhyming. So, children's book. When did yeah. you start doing this? I'll, it's it's taken a while to actually yeah. get a book into print. Probably I've probably been working on books for... I'm going to say eight-ish years. And this Mm. particular one, one of my uh, nieces, my brother Mike's uh, and sister-in-law Miel's daughter, Poppy, is very artistic. She did a a logo for the farmer's market in St. Lena. She did the little chef. She did the illustrations for it. So it's a rhyming book. And uh, what's interesting, it, it was really fun to have it come into fruition and have printed copies of it. And you know, I had 200 printed and sold 150 and had book signing parties. But now it's like in the world of wine marketing. If you really want it to become something a little larger, I'm going to have to market it. So I'm trying to decide oh, what fun. kind of commitment level I want to devote to that. And I I'm also would like to take on some um, – little more environmental focus with the winery. You know, okay. we have, uh, Bath has been amazing with that organically farmed vineyard, solar mm-hmm. panels, biodynamics. We're part of 1% for the planet, which is Yvonne Chouinard's um, right. Patagonia group. And I'm very interested in the environment. I'm worried about the planet and I pick up trash in our neighborhood. That sounds silly, but it's, I, I just would like to somehow, you know, kind of look at our donations and hone what uh, groups are, are really important. And, you know, could I go listen to some uh, Union of Concerned Scientists lectures and things like sure. that makes me feel, uh, if I could you know, like you going back to your school teaching, if we could do something mm-hmm. beneficial for the the planet above and beyond how we're treating the property and yeah. that we're giving money mm-hmm. to environmental charities, that would feel really good. So Great to hear. Yeah, thanks. So I got to ask you, because we have people writing into the podcast, sending us emails, and ah. everybody wants to know, what do you guys drink at home? Oh, what do we drink at home? In the wine department. <laughs> well, actually, you could open it up. I mean, milk and cookies, of course. Yeah, yes. milk, milk, of course. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, we drink we drink a lot of a lot of different wine. I mean, I love I love wines from Spain, whether it's whether it's Chagolí or whether it's from 
Rioja, I like the more, um, I drink more sort of unique wines from here, maybe Massacan or, I you know, the Lang and Reed. We like, uh, right. you know, their Cabernet Franc is really mm-hmm. nice. Um, I, Rosé, I mean, oh, we I drink rose. Lorenzo Rosé, you know, Mindy, Mindy Kearney's That's wine, right. which I yeah, love. That's, that's a good one. Um, and of course, we it's just trying a lot of different a lot of different things. You know, Pay Pinot Noir. I love those wines mm-hmm. and or Jasmine Hirsch's wines. There's just a lot of great wine out there, and it's just fun to to yeah. taste these things and see what what people are doing. So we drink a lot of things. Good, Lindy. Anything special? I'm probably a little little less adventurous than than Beth is, uh, but I do love rosé. I'll drink other Sauvignon Blancs, um, primarily California Sauvignon Blancs. Uh, I like some foreign wines, but not not. Not quite as I'm not quite as fond of, of the earthier, more sophisticated uh, flavor profile. Honestly, Fair I don't enough. know if it's more sophisticated, but yeah, yeah, a little, but maybe not as fruit forward. You know, I have a sweet tooth. You go back to the chocolate chip go. cookies. I do, uh, and I love Pinot Noir. Um, mm-hmm. So, in terms of a red wine, I would say that that's prob- that would probably get my vote for favorite. Right. No particular producer. Good to know. Yeah, and if people want to find Spotswood wine, what's the best way? Best way if you want to buy it directly, I mean, we do sell wine direct to consumer. So um, we, and that is the best way to sort of guarantee getting what you want and knowing that it's coming straight from our seller and therefore it's in the best condition or ideally. Um, But obviously if you have a good relationship with a, or, you know, a strong relationship with a retailer that you, that you value, buy, buy from them. But it's, it's pretty minimally, you know, you might find it, but it's, it's going to come in and sort of go out quickly because there's not a lot of wine. So these aren't, Nobody's getting large allocations. So you know. can go to our website, which is spotswood.com. You can call us. Spotswood.com. Mm-hmm. And phone number in the book phone on number, the website. Should, do, would you like us to give you the phone number? The book. Does it, you know something? You just said the book, but there's I no book. I said the book. The no. telephone book. Yeah. I, someone <laughs> dropped one on my driveway. There, right, and you just recycled it because you like, don't uh, need it anymore. No, it's like, what are you it's doing? Like I went out to get the papers. A phone and book. another thing. It was a telephone book. And I was like... Oh my! Oh my! I still, thing I I still save those in I, no, a cupboard just because. I was like, oh my. I really yeah, do you have a reference it? I just, I think it's no, anything. I just no. put it right, I put it right, it right into the recycler. Right yeah, the I can't bear to put it immediately in the recycler. I put it in a cupboard pretending I'm going to look at it sometime and then, <laughs> and then don't. I think you do it for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. All right, fair enough. Well, all right, you two, thanks for coming. It was great. Hey, thanks Thank for having us. very much. Right. Appreciate it's it very fun. much. It's been fun. And you're right, it wasn't too nerve-wracking. I told you. Okay, thanks. He's okay. Well, that was really fun. It was great getting a chance to see Beth and Lindy again, catch up, and learn more of their story. If you're here in the Valley, Spotswood is a great place to visit. It's beautiful, relaxed, and you'll taste some terrific wines. Definitely one of those must-see wineries. If you like the taste, please take a moment to rate and review it on iTunes, as that helps other people find the podcast. Anytime you want to reach us, just send an email to podcast at schaefervineyards.com. I read them all and really appreciate the support. We'll see you next time.